So today's word is from Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 to 17. So this is the word of God. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins, for it is the skins, if it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But a new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. Amen. All right. Thank you, Angie. All right. All right, so uh, I've been preaching through, give me just 30 minutes. Uh, I've been preaching through our nine core values of our church. And right now we are on number six. I'm going to summarize. I'm going to just go over the first five. Number one is be extravagant in worship. Number two, freedom is for everyone. Three, Father, the fatherless. Number four. Be faithful in small things. All right. And number five. And today, number six. All right. So today we're going to look at the message, roll with the punches. Roll with the punches. Now, what do I mean by all this? Well, I want to explain today. (laughs) Brothers and sisters. Life is a journey. And it's a journey that's full of surprises. Jesus said in John 10.10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The abundant life, as it turns out, is a life abundant with surprises. Now, how many of you in here, you guys like surprises? Raise your hand. I like surprises. All right, put your hands down. How many of you, you're like, man, I don't like surprises. I like to know what's going on. I like to know what's up. All right, don't be coming out the corner and... All right, okay, put your hands down. All right. Uh, Brothers and sisters, the Christian life is a life that's full of surprises. Uh, it's, it's, it's an adventure. There are many twists and turns and detours that are not in our control. There are people that we meet along the way whom we also cannot control. Amen. We cannot control our friends or families. We cannot control their rate of maturity. We cannot control their responses. So since life has many variables, one of the best things that you can do for yourself and for others is roll with the punches. Everyone say that. Roll with the punches. Now, what does that roll with the punches mean? Well, technically, it's a term that alludes to the boxer's ability to deflect the full force of an opponent's blow by uh, skillfully moving their body. In in other words, uh, a a boxer that's getting dogged up by a particular opponent's left hook all right, that boxer, if that boxer wants to last and continue to fight, that boxer is going to learn how, to, is going to have to adjust and adapt to that left hook and begin to move with that left hook. So if you are moving against the left hook, it's going to even provide more full force. But if you move with the left hook, he can still hit you, 
but it won't be as damaging. All right, that's the technical term. But metaphorically, roll with the punches has various meanings. Number one, it means to adjust to difficult events as they happen. Roll with the punches. Uh, freedictionary.com defines it this way. Roll with the punches means to cope with and to withstand adversity, especially by being flexible. Uh, another definition I found is to be able to deal well with difficulties and criticism. Roll with the punches. And this is the Urban Dictionary. They said it like this. Man, when things don't go your way and you adapt to the changes and you keep moving ahead instead of flipping out. Yeah. Uh, these are all various metaphoric definitions for this term. Roll with the punches. Brothers and sisters, roll with the punches means to be adaptable, to be flexible, to be hard-chinned, to be thick-skinned so that when you get criticism, you know, it doesn't drive you into depression right away. Roll with the punches means being open, being adaptable. That means not being so closed-minded and just being set in your own ways. It means being open to thinking outside the box. And letting others color outside the lines and being okay with it. It means to think creatively. Roll with the punches. When things don't go your way, there's no need to panic. You just got to roll with the punches. When your opponent does a surprise attack on you, don't get down and defeated. Just roll with the punches and find out a way to counterattack. When you're around people that are hard to work with, don't spend all your energy complaining. Roll with the punches. Adapt. Alright? God is not going to only send people into your life that are easy to work with. In fact, if the only people you work with are people that are easy to work with, you're never going to grow. Hallelujah. You know, in my own life, man, I have encountered people of all kinds of different backgrounds. And I'm, I, I got to say, man, growing up in Philadelphia, I have a very diverse range of experiences with people of all ethnicities. I used to be good friends. I used to be best friends uh, with a white guy named Clayton Roberts growing up. And then I, I became best friends with his next door neighbor, Anthony Garfano, who two years later I got into a fix, fist fight with. Um, I became friends with Nikesha Thompson, Dion Scott, which were African-American names. I was friends also around the same period. This is all within the same elementary school. It's called Phil Letter. I became good friends with a Cambodian friend named Moot, who later on went on to be a drug dealer, went in and out of jail, and then got shot in the leg one time because uh, somebody was robbing him. And he said, give me all your money. And, and Moot said, no, I'm a man. And the guy said, take it like a man, and shot him in the leg. All right. Moot, I, have, I, have, I, have, I don't feel sorry for Moot. You know why? Because he used to rob all my friends. All right. He tried to do that to me, but my mom said, no Cambodians in the house. All right. <coughs> hey, man, not, 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 not like y'all ain't racist, all right? We, we all got a little bit of racism inside. All right, my mom didn't want Cambodians in the house. Whatever reason, I thought, I think she just didn't want, whatever. And it, it helped though. Because Moot would go over everybody else's house. And when they weren't looking, he'd take their keys. 
And he was bold, man. He would come in the middle of the day, open the door with your mom still in the house, and he would rob your house. Anyway, he got shot in the leg. Anyway, I, <coughs> I grew up, man, with a variety of people, and I really believe that God really used all these experiences for me to be a very adaptable person. Um, and I'm very thankful for all the difficult experiences that I've had, had that I have had. Um, and rolling with the punches, brothers and sisters, is a biblical principle. You know, the most prosperous characters, most faithful people in the Bible, they were all people that learned how to roll with the punches. Just think about it. Abraham, his family, he was just living in one particular area. God said, time for you to go. I want you to go. Abraham said, all right. And he just rolled with the punches. Um, Gideon. God said, Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon, you know, complained and all this stuff. And Gideon asked for signs. God gave him these signs. And then Gideon is led into battle. Easily outnumbered against the huge army of Midianites. Like just probably hundreds of thousands, if not maybe even millions of people. We don't know the exact number. But as he's going into battle against these Midianites, God starts to take away his troops. So God says to Gideon, just tell all the people. There were like tens of thousands of soldiers gathered. And God, and God tells Gideon, if, tell them if they don't want to stay, they can go home. So Gideon's like, hey, y'all, if, if there's people in here that don't want to fight, you can go home. God says you can go home. And everyone's like, Peace. A whole bunch of people leave. Gideon's like, what? All right, but he starts rolling with punches. He's like, all right, I'm sure God has his wisdom for this. Go to the next place. He says, all right, there's a river. Whoever, you know, laps up the water a particular way, all right, tell them to go home. All right. Gideon's like, what is going on? And then God cuts down the army to just 300. 300 against hundreds of thousands of warriors. Right? But Gideon... Trusted God enough to continue to roll with the punches. I mean, Gideon could have said, 300, man, you crazy, God. I'm going back to the threshing floor. I am, I ain't, this ain't my fight. This is yours. But he did that. He rolled with the punches and he saw the victory of God. Uh, Joseph, Daniel, these are all gentlemen that learn how to roll with the punches. I mean, if you got betrayed by your half brothers, all right, and they beat you up and they are actually trying to kill you. But one of the brothers prevented that, and then you get sold into slavery. All right, how how are you going to be? You're going to be bitter. You're going to arrive in Egypt, and and then Potiphar is going to be like, "Oh, this is a handsome slave. I want this one." All right, and then you're like, "Man, man, I ain't doing nothing for you. I'm a bitter, bitter man." All right, but but that's not how Joseph reacted. Joseph went into Potiphar's house, and he rolled with the punches. He believed the dream that God had planted inside of him, even though. It looked like he was just going to be a slave. Uh, he rolled with the punch. He learned how to adapt. Even when he was framed for rape and was thrown into prison, guess what? He continued to roll with the punches. Brothers and sisters, this is a very biblical principle that all Christians, we need to, we need to learn how to be flexible, to be adaptable. Because I'll tell you right now, God is very unpredictable. God says so. My ways are higher than your ways. Meaning, look, even when you think you got me figured out, I go outside the box. Whatever you think is the box. There is no box with God. Hallelujah. 
In Acts, uh, we have a bunch of examples in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen, he gets martyred. And the Bible tells us that the entire church experienced a great persecution. The interesting thing it says is in Acts chapter 8 verse 4, right after this persecution, it says that those who were scattered went about preaching the word. That's rolling with the punches. All right. Your best friend Stephen just got killed. You just lost your house. You got, you got, you got, you got, you got, you got kicked out. People came and looking for you. He had to run out in the middle of the night. You, you only have one set of clothes with you. All right. And you go to some other town and guess what? They started preaching the word of God there as well. These first believers, they, they knew how to roll with the punches. In Acts chapter 10, Peter uh, gets this vision from God. And, you know, up until now, the Jewish culture said, you do not associate with a non-Jew. They were unclean. They were pagans. They were idolaters. They were sexually immoral. You know, they saw them as very unclean. So they were not allowed to associate or even eat with a Gentile, a non-Jew. All right. And so in Acts chapter 10, God starts to give Peter the message, hey, this gospel, this good news is not just for Jews. I want it to go out to everybody. I've already prophesied it in the Old Testament. I want it to go to everybody. And, and God gave Peter this message through a vision of a blanket coming out of heaven with all these um, shrimp and all these unclean uh, meat. Things that were in Jewish culture considered unclean, like pork, samgyeopsal, all that stuff, right? And God says, kill and eat. And Peter says, never, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. All right. And God says, do not call unclean what God has made clean. It does this three times. And then right after this incident, he, he has this divine appointment with a guy named Cornelius, uh, a Gentile. He was a centurion. He was like a Roman soldier. And he goes over to, to their house. And he's thinking, what am I doing? He's with some of his Jewish Christian leaders. And he's thinking, what am I doing eating with the Gentile? But the, but the Holy Spirit is continuing to prompt him, continue to prompt him. He goes over there and he says, all right, well, I got to just roll with the punches here. Because I got that vision. I, man, I, I got to roll with the punches. He went in there and said, oh, man, I'm here with the Gentiles. What do I do now? Right, let me just roll with the punches. Let me just give him the same message that we heard. So he starts preaching the gospel to Cornelius and his house. And in the middle of the sermon... Everybody gets filled with the Holy Spirit and starts speaking in tongues. I mean, Peter didn't say, if any one of you would like to receive Christ, slip up your hand right now. Every eye closed, please. And, uh, and if you want to receive Christ, just, receive, just repeat this prayer. There's not no sinner's prayer. All right, Cornelius' heart was ripe. He was ready. He, was, he, he just heard up to the middle of the message. That was enough. He was all in it. He believed. And then the moment the Holy Spirit saw that, boom, just filled him and his household. And Peter had a very big cultural stigma now to deal with. All the Jewish Christian leaders are like, what are you doing? We heard you ate with the Gentile. Oh, are you in trouble? And Peter's like, look, dude, this is what happened. God gave me these visions. I had to roll with it. All right. If anything, I think God's maybe giving us a message here. And they're like, all right, maybe. But they don't do nothing about it. So what did God do? God raises up Apostle, uh, Apostle Paul, and Apostle Paul goes and takes the gospel to the Gentiles. Anyway, Peter rolled with the punches to a certain degree, I'm saying. He rolled with the punches. Um, 
If you look in Acts chapter 16, Paul is trying to go into a particular region. I'll just read that for you. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 and 8. It says, They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So, you know, the, 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 the Chinese, the Koreans, we could have gotten the gospel a lot earlier if the Holy Spirit didn't stop Paul from going east. All right. But, but he did. So, so this is what happened. He went west. Uh, anyway, uh, he tried to speak the word in Asia. Holy Spirit didn't forbid him. So what did he do? He rolled with the punches. He went someone else. Verse 7. And then they went up to Mysia and they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So the next verse. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And then a man appeared in a vision about Macedonia. We know that. Verse 10. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. In other words, Paul, these weren't just random decisions he was making. He would prayerfully make decisions. Lord, where should we go next? All right, we're going to go into that town. And then when he attempts to go into that town, Holy Spirit says, Psych! I want you to go in there. So Paul's like, what? what? All right, all right, all right. Let's go to this other town then. All right, we're going over to this town, thinking the, thinking the Lord is leading us to preach the gospel there. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, Psych! Not there either. All right? Now, if I was Paul, I would be like, Man, God, make up your mind. Look, please tell me clearly where you want me to go. You know, sometimes God sets us up like that. He gives us opportunities that he doesn't want us to take. If you don't know how to roll with the punches, if you, it's like this. Look, man, it's like God told Abraham, I want you to go up into the mountain and kill your son, your only son, Isaac. That was a clear word from the Lord. So Abraham went, took his son, went up to the mountain and said, hey, son, we're going to play a little game here. Daddy, why are you crying? Shut up, son. <laughs> Let me just get this over with. All right, just as he's about to kill his son, what happens? All right, God gives him a fresh word. Don't kill your son. Don't kill your son. Now, it's very important that Abraham roll with the punches in this situation. Because if he's like, no, God told me to kill him. Oh, my God! God's like, oh man, we should have taught him a little bit more adaptability before we asked him to do that. But that's how some of us are, man. God gives us these opportunities he doesn't even really want us to take. And then we need to continue to be adaptive and roll with the punches and hear a fresh word from the Lord. And then we get to the situation and we just stick with yesterday's word. You know, the Bible says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If Abraham, all he believed was the preceding word of God, when he got that fresh word on that moment when he's about to kill his son, he would have been in a lot of trouble because he would have said, I only trust the preceding word of God. But sisters, when God gives you a fresh revelation, a word, sometimes those words, it's like milk. It's like milk and manna. Certain prophetic words of the Lord, they have an expiration date. And they accomplish a particular Purpose, And when that purpose has been completed, 
God gives you a fresh word. It's time for you to gather fresh manna, to hear a new word from the Lord. But you see, when you're not rolling with the punches, you're going to stick with what you heard yesterday. But it's very important that we learn these principles in our Christian lives, to, be, to roll with the punches. Uh, in our passage today, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says, all right, turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 and 17. <coughs> he says, No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. Brothers and sisters, God wants to sow a new piece of revelation onto the garment that you're wearing today. God wants to pour out a new wine of spiritual gifts, blessings, favor upon your life today. He wants, he wants, to, he wants to do something new, something fresh. But some of us, we, we have old garment hearts. Or we, we, we have old wineskin hearts. And we are so set on our ways that if God poured out something fresh, we will reject it. So when God looks on the earth to accomplish his purpose through creative, insightful, and fresh ways, he looks for people that know how to roll with the punches. He looks for people that are depending more on his voice than on a prophetic word they got the other day. Somebody hear what I'm saying here. Prophetic words are very important. We are not to treat prophecies with contempt. But check this out. Sometimes God says one thing. All right. And in his mystery and in his higher ways, he says something else that may seem to almost contradict or put you in a new direction. But look, the important thing is you learn to value his voice more than yesterday's word. People with new wine skin hearts, they're the ones that that are able to receive and to bring to maturity the movements of God. You know, wine needs to be, new wine needs to be poured out and that it needs to be nurtured and fermented and then matured into good wine. See, God wants to pour out a fresh outpouring upon you and then he wants you to hold it, ferment it, mature it in, in your life so that it brings forth good wine. It brings forth good fruit. But you got to have a new wineskin heart. If you're going to receive fresh moves of God. You've got to be flexible, stretchable, elastic, resilient. That's the kind of hearts that we need to have. Amen? Yeah. So are you rolling with the punches? Now, I'm not going to be able to finish my message. But I'm going to cover these three points right here. There's three areas where it's very important that you roll with the punches. Number one, Marriage. There's three, three M's here, all right? Number one is marriage. <clears throat> if you don't know how to roll with the punches, please don't get married. <laughs> Tell you right now. And you know what? Let me, just, let, me, let me just share with you a secret. The older you get, the harder it is for you to be adaptable. All right? So you really need the grace of God. The older you are, all right, 
the more harder it will be for you to adapt to somebody new that moves in. If you're like 23 and you get married, yeah, you're going to probably make a lot of mistakes and be a little immature. But look, your adaptability is probably a lot easier than somebody who's like 35 and gets married for the first time. In marriage, you have to learn how to roll with the punches or your marriage will not go anywhere. All the married people, say amen. I mean, we, we, we get told this, but we still don't really understand that we got to relearn it when we are married. But look, I'm telling you right now, let me just warn you in advance. Learn how to adapt. You know, and this could not just apply just to marriages, but it could apply to friendships, family relationships. We got to learn how to roll with the punches because look, not everybody has the same set of preferences as you do. Not everybody likes to go to sleep early and wake up early. Some people are night owls. It's just the way they're made. Some people eat three meals a day. Some people are okay with just eating one. That's not healthy, but, you know, some people do. For some people, their hairstyle is very, very important. And they got to spend money and time to get it right. And then there's other people, they just wake up and go. But look, if you're married together or you're living together or that's your roommate, man, you got to be patient. You can't be like, man, what's up, man? It's time to go to church. Why are you still on your hair? All right. No, rolling with the punches is saying, oh, we're late. All right. Just being patient. Hey, bro, come on, man. Hey, bro, we got to go, man. You see what time it is? Yeah, we got to go. All right. You just got to be patient. You got to roll with the punches. Brothers and sisters. And when you're married, sometimes unexpected things happen. Right? Sometimes you're not planning a baby and you get pregnant. Well, if you get pregnant, I'm not, I'm not saying us. But if that happened to you, you gotta roll with the punches. You better adjust your finances right away and get ready for a baby. If you lose your job or if the economy collapses, it's not time for you to, oh, woe is me. How can this happen? You know, I hate Obama. I hate the president. We need, we need the Tea Party movement to take over and start grieving and wailing and complaining and grumbling about everything the government's doing. Look, it's time for you to adapt. Look, man, look at Apple computers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I gotta bring it up. All right. One of the few companies that actually prospered when the economic collapse started. If you look at their most recent keynote address, right? They, they've jumped. They've jumped in the percentage of the PC market in America. They're at 20% now. One out of five computers in America is now an Apple computer. Uh, it used to be, it used to be 1%. Literally, it used to be less than a percent. When I was working there back in 2003, it was, it was way less. But man, they are prospering. Why? Why? Because you know, if you watch Apple, Apple is a company that rolls with the punches. I'm serious. <laughs> they think outside the box. When, when challenges come, they don't see them as challenges. They see them as opportunities. Right? What was that saying go? When the, when the world gives you lemons, make lemonade! Yeah. Put it on your face or do something with it. Don't... Become a lemon. Hallelujah. I just made that up. That's real clever. 
Marriage. We got to learn how to roll with the punches when it comes to marriage. Number two, we got to learn how to roll with the punches when it comes to missions. And I'm particularly about mission trips, but, you know, any kind of mission, any kind of thing where you're working with other people in teams. You got to learn how to roll with the punches, man. Because, look, we have mission teams that go out. And I remember the reason why I even wrote this message a couple years ago was because there was a team going to India with a bunch of strong, choleric uh, personalities on the team. There were a bunch of people with strong personalities. They were clashing. And guess who was in charge? Marcus was in charge. Real laid-back Marcus, you know. And it was his first time leading a team. And everybody's like, oh, Marcus this, or oh, Marcus that. Marcus don't know how to do what he's doing. And all the stuff, Marcus thinks there's no problem in the world. And I'm do- You're doing a great job, bro. You're doing a great job. And the next person comes in, Marcus this, Marcus that. All right, and so I'm like... Man, what do we do here, Lord? Do I switch leaders? Do I, do I reassign team members? What do I do? The Lord said, don't do none of that. They're the ones that need to change. Preach this message. Roll with the punches. I kid you not. It was one of those messages that came down from heaven. There's sometimes I got to write messages. And I got to like research. I got to look at all the notes. I gotta read a couple books. I gotta gather all the all the sources, and just the way I like it. I gotta, I gotta be pretty thorough in my research. But then there are other times, man. I get a message, and it just poof, it's there. It wasn't there one minute, and then poof, it's there. And I, I can't write fast enough <laughs> to get everything down. And usually, if I don't write fast enough, I'll, I'll miss it. Or if I get it in the shower, man, that's like the worst. <laughs> Lord, not in the shower again. Honey, give me a pen of paper. It, it just comes, and that it was one of those messages. Roll with the punches. It was just, it was just, it just came. It was download, and, and it, it was a powerful word. And when the word went out, that India team they completely changed their attitude. So hey, man, if you if you got criticism toward your leaders, stop grumbling about it. Pray for them, encourage them, bring out the best in them. Roll with the punches. Look, if if the team has a plan to go here on your certain schedule. And then you get there and then it doesn't go according to schedule. Don't get upset at the leader or go get upset at the missionary or to get upset at the indigenous pastor. All right? Just roll with the punches. It could be a divine detour. That setback may be actually a setup for your team to be blessed, for your team to experience breakthrough, for your team to see signs and wonders. So when you go on missions, brothers and sisters, or any kind of environment where you're working with other people, you got to learn how to be resilient, adaptable, flexible. Don't be like, like some 80-year-old uh, high money that just is so set on, You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all got 25-year-old faces, but you got 85-year-old hearts. And what Jesus is saying today is, man, get rid of that old wineskin high money heart. Get yourself some new wineskin because I'm about to do something fresh. You know what I'm saying? Like back, back in the days, you know, they used to sing praises to God using hymns and classical music. All right? But, you know, when, when Christianity was in America and African-American uh, slaves started to get converted to Christianity, guess what? They didn't use uh, all the hymns and all the uh, classical, because they didn't have it. They couldn't read music. They couldn't have actual instruments. So what did they do? They sang spirituals. Uh, if you study African-American music history like I did at NYU, you know, the uh, comprehensive history of American music is actually rooted in African-American culture. Every piece of American history music is actually rooted in African-American music. 
Rock and roll, it all comes from blues, R&B. You know, and, and so, so they, they praised the Lord spirituals, where it was off-tempo. And people are like, that's not right. That's not how you praise God. You don't use those songs. Your rhythm's all off. <laughs> well, well, guess what? Like 50 years later, the, the, the off-rhythm is what sells records. People are like, oh, this is new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jazz. Jazz is all based on the swing rhythm. Swinging eights, swinging notes. You know, my, my jazz teacher in high school taught me that you cannot program a computer to swing. It's inherently a human ability. A co- computer can get pretty close, but it can't really swing like a human can. All right? And, and, all, and later on, you know, like, like we're, in, we're in the 70s and 80s. And, you know, our hymns, now we, we have, like, choirs and everything like that. And, and rock and roll comes on the scene, right? And all of the church says rock and roll is of the devil. And, yeah, maybe a lot of it was. <laughs> Led Zeppelin, you know, all the occultic, you know, practitioners, you know, making a lot of records. I mean, but the music was still good. I mean, I mean, come on, it was still good. <laughs> but... Why do we have to demonize it and push it away? Why not redeem it? That's what a few people said. And people who said that, guess what? They got stigmatized. You know, you're full of the devil. Get that devil music out of my church. And guess what? They went and they started their own denominations, vineyard churches. We have, the, we have a lot to thank for the vineyard churches. We want to have Hillsong without vineyard. Vineyard really, we, they took on the stigma when rock and roll was a taboo to use to praise God. They really produced all these records, made it popular, sold them. All the young people heard them. They're like, this is it. This is how I, I, I pray. I can't praise God with the hymns, but with, these, with this music, I can. <clears throat> and a lot of the older people would, would say, get out of my house, you devil worshiper. <laughs> right? I mean, but look, what do we do today, man? All, all, of the, all the music that we do today is influenced by blues, R&B, and rock and roll. All right, and, and maybe one day we'll be praising God with hip hop. I don't know. Uh, it's not so conducive to follow along, so it's a little harder. Oh, if God wanted to go that way, look, I'm rolling. I'm willing to roll with it. But look, when we do anything for God, we gotta learn to be adaptable. A third area with an M uh, is, is ministry. As a church. We gotta learn how to roll with the punches, brothers and sisters. We gotta learn how to roll with the punches. You know, some people reject and oppose new moves of God by saying that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so they say, you know, these, these traditions we have, this is, this is God. So don't touch it. Don't try to alter it. But you see, we gotta remember that God is the creator. And he is amazingly creative. And just like Steve Jobs has a lot of tricks up his sleeves and there's other products and features that he hasn't fully revealed yet. Man, God's got bigger sleeves than Steve Jobs. He's got way bigger sleeves. He's got all these things he has not unveiled. iPhones. Wow, God. This is God, by the way. This is God. I'm telling you right now, man, this is amazing. It's amazing. And... I'm sorry I do this every week. 
It's amazing. My brother Doug, he, here he knows. He's a man of God. He knows what's going on. <laughs> you know, 10 years from now, there will be technologies that will blow, us, blow our minds. But like, what? I mean, if, if a while ago, everyone, we, we told you back in 92 that everybody would have a cell phone. We'd be like, man, y'all are crazy, man. That's so, so expensive. If, 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 if I told y'all back in 95, everybody would have a big screen, flat TV. I know many of you are singles, but all the families, we all have big screen TVs now. We would have thought you were crazy. Because you know big screen TVs? They were big, heavy, and expensive. But today they're light and affordable. And amazingly in HD quality. HD 10, 10, 1080p quality, man. But it is, this, why am I on this? Why am I on this? <laughs> well, yeah. Look, God is amazingly creative. What I meant to say. <clears throat> and his ways are higher than our ways. And yeah, God is the one, uh, the, you know, God, it, God's word says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God's word also says in Isaiah 43, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. So God's character, his righteousness does not change. His love, his, his, his ways do not change, but the expression of those ways can, can look very different from age to age. And as God's people, it is our responsibility to be able to discern how God is moving in our generation. You know, brothers and sisters, we are living in a time of blessing, at least in Korea. There's a lot of economic prosperity as well. In in America, it's, it's really tough right now. People really can't find jobs. But in over here, it's the land of abundant jobs. Some visa troubles, but lots of jobs. And there may come a day, depending on what you believe, if you believe in the post-tribulation rapture, all right, you believe that the church has got to endure the seven years of tribulation that the Bible prophesies. Well, if you are like a typical American Christian and you believe in the pre-tribulation rapture and you left and you read all the Left Behind series, you, you watch Kirk Cameron's movie. And you, you, you read um, Late Great Planet Earth back in the 70s. And you believe in this pre-tribulation rapture. It's, it's fine. If that's what you want to believe, believe it. But look, if you're going to believe that, believe it with this great assault that it might not happen. Pre-tribulation rapture says that all Christians on earth are going to be raptured up at a certain moment in time. They're all going to meet Jesus in the air. And then the tribulation is going to come to the rest of the earth. The post-tribulation rapture says, no, 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 no. The Bible gives us descriptions of the tribulation in both the Gospels, in Daniel, and in Revelation to describe what we got to get ready for. It's not going to be 25 years of tribulation. It'll be just seven. But it's going to be an intense time. And during that time, full number of the martyrs are going to come in. Gospel is going to continue to go out, even in the face of all that persecution. The kingdom will advance with power, with authority. And what I'm here to tell you today is also as, as a church that does ministry, we've got to learn how to roll with the punches because you know what? If 10, 20 years from now, tribulation breaks out and you still don't know how to be adaptable, you still don't know how to roll with the punches, guess what? Your faith is going to just be shaken to the core. 
You're going to think, I thought I knew God. I thought God is just, I thought God is love and that's all that there is to it. Well, God is also a God of revelation and he, he showed us what, what is to come and we need to really prepare our hearts. Well, that's not my image of God. I can't adapt to your, whatever you're talking about. And then look, when all these things start falling apart around you, you're going to be just like the American Christians right now in America today. I hate to say it, but it's true. A lot of the American church right now, because of the economic collapse, they're all hating God. They're all like, God, this is, this is not right. This is not you. And they're not able to adapt. You have people, right now I saw a news report this past week about how the banks are foreclosing on all the mortgages. Meaning they're going to go and they're going to be like, get out the house. You have not paid your mortgage for three years. It's time to go. Right? I mean, if I didn't pay my mortgage for three years and somebody said it's time to go, I'd be like, oh, I got my bags already packed, by the way. I knew y'all were coming sooner or later. I guess it's time to go now. I ain't paid for three years. Come on. That's a no-brainer. But you know what Americans are like? They're like, I'm not going anywhere. You guys, you guys foreclose too quickly. You guys aren't looking at the documents. And you know what? The banks are probably not looking at the documents. They're just trying to foreclose on everything so that they can get economically better. But that's beside the point. When, when somebody hasn't paid their mortgage for two years and the bank comes to foreclose, hey, it's time to leave. Time to find a new apartment. Go leave, live with your mama. Do something. Why is it a surprise to you? Why can you, why can you not adapt to the fact that there's an economic crisis going on in your country? Why? Because... The preachers and pastors have given just a one-sided message. And they're not preparing the people of God. Look, right now, we're, we got it good here in Korea. This church, we're prosper. We're going to move on to the bigger and better things. We're going to do a lot of awesome ministry. But look, as your pastor, let me just warn you right now. All right. There may come a time where the tribulation hits. And it may hit very suddenly. And look, as your pastor, I want to be able to say to God, oh, look at those people. They are rolling with the punches. Persecution broke out. They got scattered all over China and Cambodia and Thailand. And this, guess, wait, guess what I'm hearing over my iPhone Skype? <laughs> They're preaching the gospel everywhere they go. Yeah, Lord. That's the kind of fruit that I know pleases you, Lord. Hallelujah for this church. I can't assure you that things are always going to be the same and that things are only going to get, I mean, I'm going to preach to you that blessing is going to increase all this stuff, but it always increases for a purpose. And when time for the purpose to come hits, it's time for you to show what's really inside. If all you show inside is selfishness and greed and your own comfort and complacency, man, I've done a poor job of leading this church. I really hope that that's not what I, what I hear from you guys. No matter what, what ends up happening in these end times. You know, for churches in India, this is a real thing. The persecution is real. In Orissa, a couple of years ago, all the Hindus in that town, they went throughout the Christian churches. And there's videos on YouTube. They're very violent. They went in with sticks. They went in with bricks. And they just started smashing people that they saw that they thought were Christians. 
And if you go to the Sudan, there is this horrific video I saw. I'm not, it was hard to confirm the source. But it, was definitely, it looked like it was Africa. Somebody said it was the Sudan. All right. There were four people, and, they, and the video said they were, they were Christians. Four people were sitting in a stockpile of hay. And they were being burned to death. And while they're being burned to death, other people are coming in with metal pipes and hitting them over the head, over the face. And they're just slowly being beaten and burned to death. Now, for a lot of the church in many of these countries, the persecution is already hit. It's, it's very real. And in those situations, sometimes God's ordained for some people just to honor God by martyrdom. And then for others, they're not destined for martyrdom, so, so they got to deal with the fact that their pastor and three of your leaders just got burned and hacked to death. What are you going to do in that situation? You got to roll with the punches. When Stephen got stoned to death, what did the church do? They rolled with the punches. Whenever Paul got whipped, shipwrecked, what did he do? He didn't quit the ministry, he just rolled with the punches. He kept going. Until he finished the race. Brothers and sisters, let this be a core value that echoes much further into the future. As a church, I want us to be strong. No matter what we face. Let's learn to be adaptable, flexible. Roll with the punches. And let's honor and glorify God throughout that entire process. Alright? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for each and every person in this room. And we just thank you so much, Father, that you're strengthening each heart. And you're causing old wineskin hearts to be transformed. You're taking old wineskin hearts and you're giving new wineskin hearts right now. I just pray you do it all over this room, Lord. Do it all over this room, Lord. What people have as preconceived ideas and prejudices about what you do and what the world looks like. I pray that, God, Lord, that you would just start to stretch them from false identities, stretch them away from uh, just old traditions and patterns that, that were for yesterday but not for today. Pray that we will be a people that honor you as we roll with the punches, as we roll and we follow the leading of the Spirit. God, rolling with the punches is just another way to say to be led by the Spirit. May we be a people that are led by the Spirit, God. So that even if we face tribulation and persecution, we will be led of the Spirit to bless. To pray for those who persecute us. To love our enemies. Make us strong, God. That we may not fail in the time of testing. God, we just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.